Hello, my friend, Mr. Sean Fuller. This is Juan. Uh, I just calling to tell you that I really love your show. I heard about your show from my friends at the Evening Radio Podcast, and they gave you a shout out on their podcast. And I want you to know I really love your show, your podcast. And it's one of I will say since I've been listening to podcasts, it's one of my top five podcasts that I love. There's others, but yours is probably in there in the top five, maybe like number three or something like that. I don't even listen to the evening radio show. I just went on there because I wanted to share something with them, which was my top five musicians that I love. And my favorite musician was Asshole Rose from the band, the other the band, I forget the name now. But Asshole Rose, I love him very much. So, oh, I remember it's Guns N' Roses. Anyway, I know that you have a guest on your show this time. His name is Kip Van de Huevos. And, and, and he's saying all these things about the shows that he has been in. But I want to tell you that I too have been an actor. And I've been on a lot of shows that I really love. And I will share with you some of the shows that I really love and that I was in and then I did. One of my favorite shows is The Family Guys. And I did the voice for Mr. Tom Banks. Do you know him? He was in a movie called uh, Run, Forest Run. Very good. Very good actor. I love him. I was also in the very popular show that is out today called This Is Us. I played David Mahoney. On this show, if you've seen it, I was the guy that, that was David Mahoney. Very, very good character on the show. Also, if you remember the very, very popular movie over the summer, The La La Lands. You know, I was in that show. I was the taco shop owner. So I just want you to know that maybe, like your friend Kip Van de Huevos, maybe I too can be on your podcast to share a lot of my stories and the things that I have done in the world of creativity and things like that. So anyway, I just want you to know I will continue to listen to your show because it's one of the top five podcasts that I love. Thank you, Mr. Sean Fuller from The Sean Fuller Show. Hey there, I'm Kay Bess, and I play Persephone Brimstone in Agents of Mayhem. You're listening to the Horribly Awkward Podcast. You are. That was, that was kind of awkward. Hey guys, this is Kritzia Bajos, and I'm here with Sean on the Horribly Awkward Podcast. He's not that awkward. This is Michael Ray Bauer. I'm a 90s star. But basically, I'm a star. And you're listening to the Horribly Awkward Podcast. And it's actually pretty horribly awkward. Hey, this is Hannah Tell, the voice of Max in Life is Strange. And you're listening to the Horribly Awkward Podcast. It's so awkward. Guys, welcome to the podcast. This is an, a super fantastic show. I got Kiff Vandenhuvula. Van, Van, you could do better. You could do that better. Van, you can do Van, that better. You can Van, say my name better. Sound it out. Van den Heuvel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Boom. You guys, Comstock from Bioshock Infinite, my favorite game of all time. No jokes. That's actually my favorite game of all time. Yep. Uh, you've done a lot of you. Did I mention that? Um, <laughs> did I mention that I'm jealous? You got to hang out with Emma Stone and La La Land. Yeah. Well, I, I got well when you when you tweet that twenty times and then I have to block you and then re unfollow you 
and then and then purge and then re and then you then you create an identification for me to come in and invite create a podcast so that I come on for you to tell me that this has been two years, man. It's been going on for far too long, and it's time to stop reminding me how awesome it was that I got to hang out with Emma Stone. <laughs> yeah, and also follow my other account, Sean Loves Emma, on Twitter at Sean Loves Emma. Yeah, you really got to block. You got to you got to remove that. <laughs> this is, yeah, this was a great episode. We're talking video games. We're talking we're talking movies. We're talking TV. We're talking vampires. <laughs> what else did we talk about? Cartoons. We're talking about Humphrey Bogart. We're talking about Suicide Squad. Yeah. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about props. And we're gonna talk about Jake, uh, creepy Jake Gyllenhaal. In, That's right. Uh, in Nightcrawler. <laughs> and we're gonna talk about Han Solo. <laughs> Yes, yeah, all that and more on this week's episode of Horribly Awkward Podcast. Don't miss it. Hey, Norma, give us a horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. That's horrible. I can't even control myself. So horribly awkward. This is so awkward. <laughs> this is so awkward. This is horribly awkward. No one off. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Sean, dude, you're horribly awkward. Sean, I know you think this is weird, but it's not as weird as you think it is, dude. Don't do that, it's awkward. Welcome to (laughs) episode 106 of Horribly Awkward. And as always, I am Sean. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And with me today, this dude, okay, this super talented voice actor, on-screen actor, podcaster. I mean, he does it all. This, This guy is awesome. You may have seen his face. In a ton of things like La La Land, This Is Us, You're yep. the Worst. I fucking love that show, dude. Um, <laughs> awesome. Nightcrawler. That was, dude, that that show was so much fun to do a small bit on. The, because the the uh, I'm sorry, I'm introducing. I jumped in on your interview. Oh, you're I'm, good, man. You're good. On your, your intro. I'm sorry. That was the flow, man. It's the flow. Interrupt me. All right, good. Now I played Heatstead on You're the Worst. Like he, the lead dude, like cosplays the character and then we got to do like a 1990s british tv parody for it it was a blast yeah so much- yeah i remember that awesome i remember that. that was a cool little uh that was a cool thing um uh nightcrawler you're a nightcrawler batman versus superman and you know most important to me is zachary comstock because bioshock infinite oh. is my all-time favorite game Awesome, hands down, and and Comstock is obviously a huge part of it. And uh, yeah. you also have a kick-ass podcast, the All Over Voiceover Podcast with Van with Kiff Vanden Heuvel. So everybody, welcome Kiff Vanden Heuvel! Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, sit down. That's totally fine. Yeah, that was very down, exciting, man. but thank you guys. What a warm reception. Thank you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I love what you did with the studio, by the way. It's a radical transformation from what you did a couple weeks ago. It's very... Uh, yeah, it's welcoming in here, right? Yeah, it's a really... I love the, the lava lamps and the beads. It's real, like, sort of retro. Very uh, very Austin Powers meets Laugh-In meets, uh, meets Opium Den. It's very exciting. You're very uh, you're very nice to not notice all the strippers and stripper poles around. So, yeah, that's yeah, I, I mean, you can point I, that I, out. Believe me, I'm, I've noticed them. I'm just not commenting. <laughs> Yeah, what's up, dude, man? I'm super excited. Yeah, uh, no no joke, Comstock, I mean, Bioshock Infinite is my favorite game of all time. It's one of those yeah. games I've played multiple times, and I, I love every every second of it. It's so much there, fun. 
there's so many things to discover in Ken's world. It's so complete and fascinating and terrifying. And like, you know, I, I mean, I just, it was such a joy to be a part of it. I'm thrilled that you, that you dug it as much as you did. And I, that people who play it really enjoy the game. It's a, it's a blast. There's only two games ever where I've, I've played through it and hit the end. And then I'm like, shit, I got to go right back into it. And I just restarted <laughs> it. There's only two games. That's Tomb Raider, the reboot uh-huh. that came out a couple years ago, and, uh, yeah. and, and Bioshock. Awesome. Infinite. Oh, that's great. That's great, man. I'm so glad. That was, that was a ton of work, that game. And, and, um, and we really put our heart and soul into making some good storytelling there. And it was a, I don't know, man, it was, it was something else. Something yeah. else. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, Courtney Draper is like my bucket list guest and I don't even think she's doing voiceover anymore. I don't, yeah, I don't know that she is. She might pop up here and there, but, um, last I heard, I, cause I met her, I never worked with her. I always worked by myself in studio. So I met her when they did, when we did the launch. Um, at uh, Universal City in uh, here in Los Angeles, and we went to like there was a GameStop there, and we did like uh, the band who played uh, Beast of America from the trailer and stuff mm-hmm. uh, opened or played live and stuff, and then we did like a signing inside with uh, wow, it was a blast. Um, but that was the last time I've seen Courtney, and I know I think either she went to law school or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I follow her on a, on Instagram, and she's like on constant vacations. <laughs> like, yeah, this girl, <laughs> this girl lives a life. I mean, she's always in the most beautiful places. I swear. Oh and man! If anyone checks out her uh, Instagram, she's constantly like in different places. It's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't leave anywhere. Man. I'm down in Fresno, California. I just kind of stay indoors, play video games, and podcast. Dude, that's it. I'm usually, most of my Instagram feed is generally me in my kitchen trying to, uh, you know, avoid uh, or trying not to get my cats all over my food. <laughs> trying not to get your cats. Are you? Are you yeah. a big? Are you a chef or what? No, no. I'm just a guy with very obnoxious cats who oh. try to immerse themselves in whatever I'm eating. Yeah, I get that, man. I, I I want a cat. I've wanted a cat for a while. My apartment once complex once like five hundred dollar deposit, and I'm like. I'll stay. I'll stay single and alone and podcast. Yeah, I think that's a better way. I, it's not worth it. Cats are disposable, man. You can get a cat when you get, you know. <laughs> it's it's not worth five hundred dollars to have a cat. They give you some love and affection, yes, but for the most part, they just beg you to feed them. Yeah, they just they want you to feed them and then dig in their shit box and pull it out. That's it. That's right? it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you've been doing voiceover for a while, and you do a lot of on-screen stuff too, which is cool because I don't. I'm sure there's a lot of people who do that, a mixture of both, but most of the people that I have had on the podcast are either actors or voiceover um, actors, and then you'll have a little bit of mix, but you do a lot of of, of both. That, that's pretty cool. I, I, well, I feel like if you're not chasing all of it, you're kind of leaving money on the table. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather – Yeah, I, I've never – I specialized in, you know, from – because I came up at Second City doing improv and stuff like that and performing on stage in Detroit. And in Detroit, like, it was – when I came up in in because uh, I got I joined the Screen Actors Guild in 2000 in Detroit on Billy Crystal's movie 61, okay. and when you're in a, when you're in a town like that where there's everything right there's industrial there's voiceover there's on camera work there's live hosting there's M&M. modeling yeah there's Eminem there's Kid <laughs> Rock there's Ted Nugent and Bob Seger uh, there's Ford Motor I'm just now I'm just listing things in, uh, in Southeast <laughs> but um. But like 
you just kind of do whatever comes to you. So I never really had the, not necessarily the luxury, but the desire to specialize. I just wanted to do kind of whatever I could and see how far I could take it. So when we moved to Los Angeles, it was kind of the same. Like you're doing on camera, you're doing voiceover, you just try to do whatever you can to keep the lights on. That's awesome though, dude. It's amazing. Yeah, thanks. It's fun. Yeah, I mean. The skills all blend together too. Like the skills I learned doing a, you know, a commercial campaign like Denny's like uh, helps me with, you know, voiceover stuff and, and like memorization sometimes like doing that kind of on camera, like memorizing stuff for on camera stuff uh, really helps with doing performance capture work, you know, cause you need to, you know, memorize and be off book. Cause you know, when you're in a performance volume, you know, you need to be, uh, you need to be facile. It's like yeah, a stage. I can see how stuff like that carries over. I mean, I've been, I, I, I have a lot of social anxiety and speaking and stuff doesn't come first nature to me. But through this podcast, I've been doing other podcasts as well for, for three years now. I can imagine. Now, I've had the same job for seven years. But I can imagine if I went for an interview for a new job, which I probably should do that soon, I'd probably kick ass at it. Because I've been so good at talking and flowing, I could probably kick ass at an interview. Well, what skills have you learned by being a podcaster? How has that changed your life? What things have made you a more, do you think, uh, either interesting or like, how has it enriched your life in doing it? What things has changed because of doing your podcast? Um, interesting, I guess probably not. I'm not a very interesting dude. Uh, no, um, (laughs) I, uh, I've always had social anxiety. So connecting with people, you know, Twitter and Facebook really wasn't my thing. I just, Uh I didn't know how to connect with people. Now it's really easy. I, I don't, I, but it's a loophole within the podcast. I, don't, I haven't took a lot of this to my outside life. I'm not in Best Buy kicking ass talking to someone while we're waiting in line, you know, like having right. a kick-ass conversation. I'm still like eyes to the ground, you know, like I'm going to go pay for this and leave. I don't take yeah. a lot of this with me, which I wish I, I would learn to do that, which would be cool. Baby hey, man, steps, man. One step at a time, baby steps. I mean, the fact that you've had over 100 podcasts and had conversations with essentially 100 strangers mm-hmm. were like – where like and you're and you bring to bring to the fact that you're all already like a fan of some of the things that they are like there's a level of of risk that's involved with that that's like substantial for you to be able to feel comfortable enough to do a one-on-one conversation about about stuff you dig that's that's huge you know so like um I took one of the things that I did when I was in Chicago so there's um a voice actor named Pat Fraley and he was like he played Krang on the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? He oh, was like, right on. I mean, he's he's old school. Came up with Hanna-Barbera, new men, Mel Blanc and stuff. And uh, he was doing these workshops out here in Los Angeles where you could study with stars. So you go into a booth and there's like, I don't know, there's like 12 of you. But then you go one at a time into the booth with Ed Asner or Brad Garrett or uh, Vanessa Marshall was there, was one of the people. So like – you go in there and you have to kind of work through your anxiety of working with these people, and, which is no small thing. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, my God, I know you for 25, 30. I've known you my entire life. And now we're meeting and we're playing a scene together. And, uh, you know, those those things help you when you're, you know, for me, it was really helpful to have had that experience before I worked on set with Amy Poehler or Jake Gyllenhaal or Rene Rousseau or Al Pacino. Like it was, it was a thing to kind of work through to figure out how to be. Yeah, you know? I mean, you did a Nightcrawler, which was an intense movie for Jake Gyllenhaal. 
Oh my God. He was amazing. I remember hearing him on set. He was talking to some producers and they asked him like, what, what's your regiment like food wise? And he's like, I have, I eat crackers and one can of tuna fish a day. And he's like, it's, I'm starving. He looked I'm like a stuck. zombie, man. Yeah, but like he got so gaunt and stuff, and he was yeah. he was great. And I, I spent most of the day with Renee Rousseau because I played her editor. Yeah, that's right. I and, saw that scene on your um on your oh yeah on your reel on uh, YouTube. I've seen she the movie. I just had to refresh myself. Oh, totally. I mean, my character, like all my lines are off camera, so like it's I'm just kind of like <laughs> hanging there. out and stuff. But I mean, I had so much fun on that day. It was just it was amazing, and and um and Renee. Renee was great. Like well, I ran lines with her for scenes that I wasn't in and just to kind of practice and help her out and stuff. It just, ah, it was a blast. I mean, how, how are the, how is the cast like that off, you know, when you guys aren't filming, like behind the scenes? Sometimes, sometimes you do have time to interact with them. Yeah. Like you might be in a bus together, uh, riding somewhere to set and then you chit chat. Um, sometimes there's room on set for that. Sometimes there isn't like, the speed of production is is blistering. Like I got like when I was doing behind the candelabra, I I, I hung out. Uh, Matt was shooting some other stuff, but I got to chit chat with him a little bit, but not a ton because he and Soderbergh were over there. So I'm they're doing setups and doing other things. And when you're on set and you're working as a day player, you kind of know what the rules are. It's not like I'm gonna go jump and knock on his trailer door and be like, "Hey, uh, I'm working here today, and it's nice to meet you. Hey, let's kick it," you know. Um, you, you don't have that luxury. You sit in a chair, someone sets up for you, you consult your phone, you, uh, you hang out, but then you might be sitting next to Dan Aykroyd, which is what was going on for me. So like it was, it's you, and I didn't really engage with him too much. If I could roll back the clock, I probably would have. And, you know, but, but then like on parks and rec, like I remember I get, I, I make marshmallows at Christmas, uh, which is one of my kind of like favorite things to like a confection to bring to like Christmas parties and stuff like that. Yeah. I told Amy Poehler my marshmallow recipe. Like, wait, you make, you make actual marshmallows. Yeah. yeah. Marshmallows never... are, they are, dude, they're incredibly easy to make. You need <laughs> no a one's ever answer. said that to me. <laughs> Good. Well now see, this is the benefit of doing a podcast. You find out marshmallow recipes. I'm not ashamed. I'll share it with you. I go into Vons. I go into Vons all the time and I see these like really, a fancy marshmallows they got like mint flavor and coffee flavor yeah. i've always wanted to try them and i never have i always wanted to dude what well, get over your anxiety over getting those marshmallows because those marshmallows them. are amazing are they if yeah you, you make some you need a little bit of gelatin some corn syrup and some regular sugar and that is pretty much it and you need a candy thermometer that's all it is it's a and there and you can put whatever you want in it. it's a basic recipe and you can do i did like earl gray <laughs> marshmallows <laughs> Mexican hot chocolate marshmallows, like oh, that know. sounds good, dude. Dude, yeah, for real, they're amazing. I didn't know it was that simple. I just never thought it's, about it. I know, I didn't either. I was working at Disneyland and saw these fancy like s'more marshmallows they had made, where they put like a they put um, graham crackers in the bottom of the tray and then a Hershey bar inside there or whatever non branded chocolate, and then they pour the marshmallow stuff over top of that and let it sit. And then after it cools or sits overnight, because it has to sit for like 12 hours, cut them out and then hit them with a blowtorch. And then you've made like perfect s'mores that you can deliver. Oh, man. You're messing me up right now, Kiff, dude. I'm, I'm... <laughs> 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 I 
All I'm thinking about is s'mores and shit right now. I'm <laughs> telling you. Dude. Well, you uh, you know, you have the ingredients. If you've got a burner in your apartment, there's no reason why you can't make yourself a s'more right now. You know, you don't have to wait for a campfire. I don't have a burner, so I'm lucky. I'm not going to be making those s'mores and burning my house down. <laughs> so, I mean, so you bring these s'mores in for, to, um, for the, the cast of uh, Parks no. and Rec? No, I just I was talking with Amy and oh. a couple other people on set, and uh, and they were and they asked me they did the exact same thing you were like well wait a second you make marshmallows how is that even possible and then I explained it and they were like oh that's interesting <laughs> is that uh, your opener like hey guys was, I, hey guys I make marshmallows <laughs> no <laughs> no I don't open with that usually that's that's too deep into the set before you uh, start bringing that one out you that's, go to the uh, bar you're like hey girl. You, you got to be real comfortable. You, <laughs> you, ever, you ever met a guy who makes marshmallows at home? <laughs> well, you just did. Bam. Ah. Girls love marshmallows, dude. I'm telling you. My, my mom would love you forever, man. She she loves some marshmallows. Listen, I, it's it's easy to do, and I, I think people need to get over their uh, their fear of, of, of confection creation. Why not? Go crazy. Yeah, that's a good uh, Christmas gift. Yeah, I can make a bunch of fancy marshmallows and get them to the family you know save a bunch of money there you go yeah it's cheap and people will eat them and if you just if you get the right wrapping for them like some kind of like really fancy cellophane from like michael's or something yeah dude done 20 bucks in and out you've covered everybody and the kids will <laughs> love it and it'll be the thing to talk about we'll talk about for years to come remember that year where we got those fancy gourmet marshmallows. Or it could be a bad thing, though. You remember those fucking marshmallows yeah. that Sean made a couple years ago? That's. I hope this year I get a gift card. That's right. Well, as long as... as long as <laughs> make sure you have good flavors. That's all that really matters. Yeah, you know, yeah, don't, for sure. Don't get, don't get experimental with your flavors. I'm like, oh, curry marshmallows. Interesting. Uh, now, yeah, I threw up in my mouth a little. Yeah. Mm. yeah that sounds disgusting, dude. Man. But you got to... Can't be afraid of experimentation. Yeah, I'm really, I'm actually, I'm really excited that you brought that up because that's something I'm gonna look into. That seems like a fun thing to make. Yeah, it's like candles, you know. Like, you ever make candles? No, that doesn't sound like fun to me, man. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised, you know. You, uh, you ever make you ever make your own T-shirts? Uh, one time uh, I kind of did a design and pressed some T-shirts. But... Yeah, you know, like 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 printer, you can get iron-on transfer paper. And then, like, before, like, T-Fury and some of these other, like, really cool, like, you know, ironic comic book or movie fan, like, deep catalog, you know, kind of ironic T-shirts. Like, I got a – I have a Nosferatu T-shirt on where Nosferatu oh, is dope. doing, like, a shadow puppet. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, like, that kind of stuff. So, like, find you know, finding cool stuff from, like, DeviantArt or whatever and then making a – or messing around and making your own t-shirts with t-shirt transfer paper. Was Nosferatu, I feel like I'm, go ahead. Was it, is Nosferatu, is he, was he like the OG vampire? Was he like the first yeah. vampire? I mean, yeah, have you ever, have you ever seen Nosferatu? I've never actually seen it. Only like clips. Oh dude. 1922 FW Murnau, like Philip Glass, um, composed a new score for the original, Nosferatu, that shit is scary, man. Like it is. He's got like the little rat teeth, and he's just yeah, like, eh. totally rat teeth and and uh, pointy ears. And then the movie Shadow of the Vampires, like uh, like they did their own version of like the behind the scenes of that, where the implication that is um, that Max Shrek, the actor who played Count Orlock, is actually a vampire. 
It's a fun movie. That sounds familiar. Shadow of a Vampire. Was that recently? Um, 2000. Yeah. Eddie Izzard or Eddie Izzard. Willem Dafoe played the. uh, Willem Dafoe played the vampire, and John Malkovich played Murnau. Oh, I don't think I've actually seen this. Oh, movie! It's great. Super fun movie. 2000. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm all into the horror and shit. So, I mean, uh, I think. um, uh, there what was that that FX show that was that was on recently. Ah, uh, what is it called? American Horror Story. No, is it FX? Uh, there's there's a new one. It's a it's a van- about vampires and shit. Oh, uh, I forget oh, the yeah. name. It's, it's a recent one. I think it just ended or got canceled. I'm not sure, but it was it had some really cool vampires. I was really impressed. What made them cool? Uh, I don't know the the effects of it. They just, uh-huh. and then they, they would wear like, you know, fake ears and stuff, you know, to fit in and <laughs> to fit in the community. It's, it's, it was a really weird show. It's been a couple of years since I watched it. Was That's that a cool. John Carpenter show? What was that show called? Uh, it starts with the S. John Carpenter Vampire Show. Yeah, suck. I mean, it's one of those things that I, I, I believe in my head I just said it and then I just forgot. <laughs> You know, it's one of those That's things, all- like, when you were talking, I was like, I was like, uh, bring this show up, and then I forgot the name. Like, that's, oh, The Strain. There you go. Oh, The Strain. That's a vampire show? Is that what that is? Yeah. And there's, never- like, and there's, like, kid vampires at one point. Really creepy. Oh, man. Uh, the billboards all over Los Angeles made that show look so f- disgusting. It was, it's just, it's not quite my taste. Like, I like a good suspense, but a, <laughs> but a really gross horror, it, it's, it's too much for me. Yeah, it's a little gory. It's it's weird how a lot of these shows on TV right now are pushing the limits of what what is allowed. I mean, oh, man. American Horror Story, they're dropping fuck bombs. They're they're are like they really? Yeah, there's like this one episode I watched, they just like said it casually like three times in an episode. Just just straight up just use the F word. They didn't bleep it out or nothing. And they um just weird. They had this guy tied down this last episode, they were putting nails in his head with a nail gun and Oh man. It's a very graphic. I'm like, this stuff would not be allowed on just regular cable TV a couple years ago. Yeah, that's right. I am. Did you ever watch Hannibal? Yeah, Hannibal was, was great. I mean, that show was really good, but like in terms of like graphic stuff too. Like I was like, they're get. I can't get over like how insane and 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 like like even beyond the gore, like just how horrifying what was going on was. You know, like. Bodies and growing mushrooms and dead bodies buried in plot, like just insane stuff. Yeah, I love the fact that it turned murder into an art. It's like turned yeah. it into in this art project, which is really cool. Look, I got to the third season and I was loving that show. And then I heard it was getting canceled. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to ride this out to the end because I'm the guy that gets, I just know the end is not the end they wanted. So I stopped watching yeah. it. Oh, man. You regret that? Nah. You go back and finish it? Uh, no? I think I, I don't know. I might or may not. There's just so much good content out. It's hard to like go back That's and finish true. things. Yeah. That's true, man. I, we just got Filmstruck, uh, the app Filmstruck, and I've been watching a lot of old pictures lately. And that, like, just because I'm in between shows, like, I need, like, I finished Master of None, which I absolutely loved. And I'm working my way through Fargo, but then I got caught up in some other stuff and, yeah, I've seen that. Master of Nuns and Z's and Sorry, right? Yeah, Did I say it's that good, right? man. 
Like everybody I talk to says the same thing. Like, oh yeah, I watched the first two, three episodes, and then I kind of pieced out in the first season. I was like, man, I know I did the same thing, but I started with the I started the second season, first episode, and was all in. It's so good to the point that made me go back to the first season and finish and get caught up. I didn't really need to be caught up to watch the second season. It's really good television. Yeah, that's a that's a Netflix show, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. man, I love it. I love it. Yeah, what's I that? haven't watched Glow yet, but I need to get into that too. Oh, Glow is fantastic, man. Is it really? Yeah, that's yeah, cool. yeah. I um, that was one of the just one of those movies, the shows that came out, and it's just like, wow, this is different. This is cool. I mean, the great cast, such a great cast. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I'd really highly recommend that. I'd also recommend This Is Us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which which episode were you in that? Because I've seen it, uh, I just don't remember. Episode five. Of- and it's right at the very beginning. I only got one line. I just say beer, but I say it like <laughs> really mean. I play Rebecca's dad, you know, and um in the uh when she was a kid. So, uh, so I'm, I'm hoping to, I'm hoping that they decide to continue that story in one way or another and go back, but I've gotten to work a couple days on that show and man, I'll tell you, like, there's so much going on. Like, it's just a, it was a wonderful set to be on and, um, they just, it's, it's epic. They're shooting so many different timelines and locations and characters and story arcs that like, it's just, it's dizzying to try to keep up with it. But like. There's this great book called uh, Everything Bad is Good for You, and it's about how culturally we used to be able to – like a, the complexity of, a, of like a cop drama like Hill Street Blues would be like one case that they would work the entire time. But then you get to you know, 10 years later, 20 years later, you get to a show like 24 and it's got multiple frames and multiple stories going on, and we follow it. And now with This Is Us, you have the same characters in different timelines, yeah. and we're – so con- connected to every single moment and they make jumps and cuts throughout the show that don't need little text blurbs to tell you where they are. You just follow it because you recognize stuff. It's incredible that how complex our storytelling has gotten. And, um, I love it. I'm fascinated by that stuff. I love the, the fact the first episode, I didn't even see that coming. I had no idea there was, there was two different things going on. At the end of the episode, I was like, oh, shit, wait a minute. All right, this is really creative. I, I, so I've been following it ever since, and that show is uh, really good. It really pulls on your heartstrings. It like, t- just yeah. m- makes you feel stuff, man. I dig it a lot. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I think it's uh, it's fantastic. It's an amazing thing. It's just a – and, uh, yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah, so you said you did um, – you you do improv? Are you used to? Or you still do? I still do. I teach over at uh, Second City in Los Angeles, so I've been doing improv for almost twenty years now. Uh, I really got a lot of respect for improv. When I first started this podcast, that, that it, I always opened up with the improv skit, um, and so the, <laughs> my favorite thing was doing improv with voice actors for games, and we do it based on that. And then I I uh-huh. add all these sound effects in, it would kind of sound like a little cut from a video game. So much fun, but it's a lot of work. I mean, it's three hours yeah, no of editing. <laughs> That's a ton of work. Absolutely. It's like, oh, I need footsteps. Let me go on the online look for footsteps. Okay, I need to get this <laughs> footsteps. I'll look like a hundred different things of footsteps and which one would sound good and where do I place it? And I'm moving around. I mean, it, it was right. like three hours to edit five minutes. It was crazy. That's it, man. But it's fun. Oh, it's some of the most fun I've had, man. I, I love improv. It's so much fun. 
I uh, I, I teach a um, a couple different improv groups. One is I just had her on my podcast. Her name is Rebecca uh, Haw, and uh, she goes by Love That Rebecca. And, and I listened she has to that a, episode. Great episode. Oh, great! Thank yeah. you. And um, yeah, her Love That Vo Improv. Like uh, if people are interested in taking an improv class, man, it's a great way to do it via Skype. When we get together, uh, she's got multiple classes, and it's just a great way for people to be able to do it and meet other like-minded people without having to go into a classroom. You know, it's really, really cool. Yeah, I like how on your guys' podcast, you like <laughs> kind of didn't seem like you guys knew what was going on at first. Like, are we doing your podcast or my co- podcast? All right, let, <laughs> let me do an intro, and then you could do an intro. So I was like, hey, <laughs> you're listening to All Over VoiceOver. Hey, you're listening to Rebecca Hall. <laughs> that was great, man. It was awesome. Thank you. Ah, it's fun. I like. I don't like it being too buttoned up. I like yeah. it being, you know, I like it being a little rough. It's like, who's but interviewing I, you? I have no idea. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you got a great podcast, dude. I listened to the the reason I, I found your podcast was because I was looking for stuff on Amanda Troop. I mean, since I, I work nights and I have your yeah. plugs and I can listen to a lot of stuff. So I was like, you know, let me find some podcasts. So I found your podcast just through a random Google search. Oh, wow. Um. Just for, I put Amanda Troop interview or podcast is what I put, and yours came up. I listened to it. I was like, oh wait, Sissy's on here. Larissa Gallagher's on this episode. This yeah. Is good. And then I, I listened to that. It's like a two part episode. It was a great episode. You guys were basically going in what voiceover is and how it works and all that kind of yeah. stuff. We're doing. Uh, I'm doing another one of those this year at. Uh, it's used to be Stanley's Kamikaze, but now it's the L.A. Convent, the L.A. Comic Con. And uh, that was that episode was from last year where we did uh, a live panel with Sissy Larissa, Amanda Troop, and uh, GK Bose, and um, and talked about voiceover and about video games and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, thank you very much. I, that one was a blast. And we're doing another one. I'm doing two uh, two panels this year. Another all over voiceover live with with four guests. I'm still working out who's coming on, but I got a couple folks lined up already. And then. Um, and then we do a show called Voice NATO, which is, oh man, Fred Tatashore and Scott White and Eric Lopez. Lopez is Blue Beetle on uh, Young Justice. Uh, Chris Cox from Family Guy and a bunch of other stuff. And uh, Rachel Butera from the Howard Stern Show. And Amy Phillips from uh, Andy. Oh, what has come up? Now I'm blanking on his name. Andy Live. He's, he's oh gosh. Uh, but yeah, Amy. Um, and we're going to, like, improvise and do ADR and do impressions and all that kind of stuff. We've been doing it a couple of years now. It's been a blast. Yeah, I know. I saw you did an episode of Family Guy. Yeah. Yeah, I did Tom Hanks on that. So I do <laughs> you did impressions. Tom Hanks? So I, yeah. Let me hear Tom Hanks. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's see. Tom Hanks. Uh, uh, well, in that particular bit, uh, Hanks walked in on Bo Peep with Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> so it was uh, – oh, Bo, Bo – Buzz, come on! So, oh my God, that's like I, that's perfect. <laughs> Thank you. I do this on my show a lot, but like, because I started by doing Vince Vaughn. So Vince Vaughn was one of the first impressions I did, right? So I have Vince Vaughn right here. But if you slow Vince down, if you slow Vince down a little bit and put a tie on him, it's Tom Hanks. That's where he lives in my throat, right back there. Oh wow! So it's, all, hey, kind of, it's, called, it's all kind <laughs> of in the in the phrasing and the resonators and where in your you know, and if you got a good ear, like. Like it was, I mean, even when I was in high school and college, like I'd go to the movies and like I saw Die Hard maybe like nine times in the theater. And every time I see it, I turn into Bruce Willis for about a day and a half. So you just can like, you just like silly putty. 
uh, if I liked an impre- or liked someone, I would just mimic them. And I wouldn't even be aware I was doing it, you know. Or That's- I would be aware, but I pretend I wasn't aware. That sounds like fun, dude. Hey, you have do you have people in the room with you? Just my wife is cleaning, but she's got her headphones on. Okay. Well, I was I didn't know if you had kids around. I was cussing. I was saying some weird. Oh no, things. that's okay. That's okay. I'm a, I do uh my kids uh she's she's outside of the the house. That's all right right now. It's fine. <laughs> I just double oh, checking. I was like, wow, I was saying some rude stuff. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> she's very that's quiet. Cool. Cleaner. She's over there vacuuming. <laughs> <laughs> It's working on the porch right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, what, yeah, back to improv, man. I, I love yeah. improv. I listen to a couple of improv podcasts, uh, Comedy Bang have you Bang. Done it? Do, you, do you do improv or have you? Have on you the podcast. Take- That's it, man. Like, uh, I don't. I'm in Fresno, California. I don't even know if there's anything around here that, that's like that. I, I always wish, like, I wish I lived in the in in LA. There's so much fun things going on. Just there's a ton going on, but there's but I guarantee you in Fresno you'll find you'll find someone doing improv. I guarantee it. Probably it's got to be some people having fun around here, right? Absolutely. And and if not, like that's why that love that voiceover improv is there. Like because like our group this morning. You know, it was like one person is in Northern California, one person's on the East Coast, another person's in Saskatchewan. Like we're all over the place, but we're in a Skype room and we're improvising just with voiceover, using the exact same skills, listening, reacting, and all those other things, improving our skill as voiceover actors, but also like just totally having a blast. So it's it's that particular thing exists for exactly the situation you're describing of like dude i'm in fresno there's no one around me improvising like that that's okay we have the internet we have a social yeah yeah well i have done 103 episodes with improv so i've done i mean that's that's quite a bit too i mean that's a lot of experience with improv right there you know that makes me a pro that makes me a teacher i can teach somebody i'm terrible at it Most people come on and they don't even know what basically improv is. I'm like, we're going to do an improv skit. Like, oh, ugh. so I kind of delete. I kind of took that out because I I know a lot. Some people felt uncomfortable about it. Uh huh. Yeah. Some some people love it. Some people don't. <laughs> it just depends. I did a thing on my show where I would have them, where I would bring comic books in and then ask them to show me what their process was using the comic book as if it had arrived as an audition. So, cause the, the process is the same. It's like a little bit of copy there and there's a character image and you might know about the character or not, but like you can kind of, uh, you just, you, you make strong choices about what the character might sound like and then, and then kind of talk you through it. There's an episode of my show with David Soboloff where he does Catwoman and it's fantastic. And he really shares what his internal process is about like looking at the image and, what does the image tell you about the circumstances that the character's in? That kind of stuff. It's fascinating. That's, Just that's, really that's awesome, man. I, I love creative shit. I'm about as creative as I get is I did those paintings in the background. Well, the, the Wait, one. those are your paintings? Not the not the red one. That's a poster of Fallout, but yeah. But uh, that one and that one. Just some random stuff I painted randomly. The Joker and then like that's really cool, man. Yeah. The, the, actually, I kind of joker chick thing i didn't even like it so i poured red shit all over her face and i picked it up and it started dripping down and i was like oh this is actually kind of a keeper so i put yeah, it on the wall awesome. i put it on the wall prematurely and all the paint got on the floor i had to clean that up oh, no. <laughs> um but i mean i when i get creative like with painting 
I'll, I'll just do it. But it's just, it just something it takes. There's, there's like earlier you said, looking at, looking at your name, like a bike jump, like you know, just do it. Don't, don't do it. But like when I, like, when I paintings, like I just need to get over some sort of hump. And once I'm in it, I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm focused. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to paint, be creative, but I, I, it's hard for me to get to there. I don't know why. I understand. I, I do. I do. I relate to that. I feel like there, there, there are obstacles, whether they're internal or uh, or whatever, dude. I was watching. So I mentioned Filmstruck earlier. I'm not paid by Filmstruck. Uh, I, I can barely get a sponsorship for my. This show. episode of Horribly Awkward is brought to you by Tom Hanks and Filmstruck. <laughs> That's right. And marshmallows made at home, homemade marshmallows. Even you can make confections. If I have brought to you that. also by Knox Gelatin. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but like Filmstruck had like this short called. Werner Herzog eats his shoe and it was bundled with Errol Morris's documentary gates of heaven. So anyway, Werner Herzog is talking about literally cooked, uh, two shoes, boots, and then he ate them. They're like desert boots, you know? And the whole reason behind it was he said, he told Errol Morris, who is a documentary filmmaker, if you make a movie, I will eat my shoe. And then Errol Morris went and made this movie. And then at the premiere of the movie, Werner Herzog, true to what he said he would do, uh, cooked a shoe and, and ate it. Wait, but the, and, um, in real life he did this? Yes. And they made a documentary film about it. It's a short. It's on Filmstruck. <laughs> but the point is while he's sitting there eating the shoe doing a press conference, he says people come to me and they say, I want this idea for a movie. I want to do it, but I don't have any money. And he says, you don't need money to make a movie. You need a camera to make a movie. You need a story to make a movie. Money is not a necessary thing. If you need to tell it, you will steal a camera. You will find a way to tell it. You have to – and so these these barriers are artificial barriers. That's true. These barriers are, these barriers are choice. And if you want to do something, we like, I didn't know how to make a podcast, so I made a podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, there's no there's no one way of doing it. I didn't know how to get into voiceover. I didn't know how to become an on-camera actor. I just did it and then figured it out along the way. And through trial and error, you start to figure stuff out, you know, and I, I think – and then I look back over the breadth of my career and be like, oh, man, that's amazing. I just played Han Solo. Like that that that, that isn't – how did I get to this point? Yeah, you did. Uh, what, what's the you played the old, old, older Han Solo in older what, Han Star Solo. Wars: Force of yeah. Forces of Destiny? What is that? That's an animated, right? Yeah, it's a new cartoon series. They just dropped it on Disney Channel uh, as a special on Sunday night, this past Sunday night. There's another one coming out later on this month, and they're two to three minute animated shorts um, about kind of featuring the heroines of the Star Wars universe. Ray and Princess Leia and and uh, Ahsoka kind of showing their um, their heroism as well and uh, kind of featuring those pieces. And then there's like a, a, a doll set or whatever. And and my episode is called Tracker Trouble. And uh, we're on the we're in the Force Awakens timeline. And we've just left the uh, we've just taken off. I've just gone. Chewie, we're home. And we flew out of there in the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Jesus, and as man. we're going to Maz's you know, location on that planet. Um, we drop out of hyperspace and discover that someone's tracking us. Um, so, so Ray and BB eight go and find the tracker. 
Yeah, it's, it's so fun, man. Like working with. That sounds amazing. Yeah, dude. It's like everything you get in to do this work to do. And then so, you find yourself doing it, you know? Sadly, the very the first movie I really got into for Star Wars was Episode 7. <laughs> oh, really? I really hey, didn't man. give a shit about it before that. And I watched Episode 7. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic. And I went back and I watched all the other movies the following, like, week or two. You know, I watched them at home. That's great. Now, now I'm on board, man. Now I'm on board with Star Wars. I, I get it now. I see the light. Good. I'm glad. It's about time. <laughs> I see the Have you the played dark. the games? Have you uh, played the Old Republic? Not Are the you Old a- Republic. N- wait, no, I've played. I've played a couple of the games. Not the Old Republic, though. But like, I mean, there's there's like the battlefields and that kind of stuff. I played which are super fun. Yeah, uh, but, which like, is tomorrow Battlefield Open Beta for uh, oh, Xbox yeah. and PS4. Which this week, this actual podcast will actually be a week late, so it's already okay. done by the time you hear this. Sorry, guys. All right. Well, yeah. Too bad. Sorry, you guys all yeah, missed the sucks, beta but- launch. There wasn't another Star Wars one. But wait, do you, are you a gamer as well? Should have asked. Yeah, that. hell yeah, man. I'm oh. a big. Well, shit, man. I should have asked that at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Have you played Star Wars Battlefront? <laughs> they had the mode where you could play as like the. You can play the, hero? as the heroes versus the villains or something. Oh, it's oh yeah, so yeah, much yeah. Fun, it, man. It's a blast. I, I, the, it's such a fun game, and I, I love just picking up and jumping in. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Some of these games that are kind of that lock you into an online play sort of a situation, like, like oh man, like Titanfall's like that, right? Like you, you just play online. There's no story mode, but like um, I think, right? Well, Titan Titanfall Two has a story mode. Titanfall now, Two has a story mode, and it's actually pretty good. That's great. Yeah, I, I like I like story mode. I like. I mean, I enjoy playing online too, but I'm way more into just kind of like. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm a teacher. I'm a, I'm I'm always on call as a voice actor. So it's hard to really commit to a solid four or five hour gaming session or whatever. So I like a game that I can play for twenty minutes. Like right now, I'm playing Injustice Two and and doing the um, which is a blast. Uh, great game and and uh, I've yeah. finally gotten you know some characters up to twenty and. Um, but then like Grand Theft Auto and playing online, some of the crazy challenges there and that kind of stuff. The Witcher, I'm still working my way through. <laughs> oh, Witcher 3? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's going to take you a year, man. I think- oh, man. it's take. I've been playing it for two, three years. <laughs> I still yeah. haven't I still haven't faced the wild hunt. Not right now. Like I'm ready. I, I'm ready to go and face the wild hunt, but I'm not ready to go face the wild hunt yet. Like I want to go, you know, kill some vampires and get some potions and. Good living. Such good living. A huge Ride game, the countryside. Man. Solve some problems. Be yeah. a good guy. I had the you know? base game. I didn't even do a lot of the side stuff, and I spent like 120 hours. Oh, it's crazy. It's so huge. It's yeah. so huge. But like, I mean, I play it in like a spurt. I might take a Saturday, you know. And my daughter's playing. She's my daughter's game, and my wife is reading or writing or something. And then I'm just like sitting on the couch, vegging out, running around, you know, Nilfgaard or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a great game. Yeah, it sure is. So have you played Bioshock? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, I don't want to... Okay, it's it's been out for years, but it also has a huge twist that I feel like... I, I still, to this point, feel like it shouldn't be spoiled. So for you as Comstock, knowing already the the twist, I, did it ruin it for you? Or was it still pretty impactful? Because well, even, even me playing through it the second impact- time was impactful. Dude, it's still impactful. It's like if you, you know, 
I equate it to like knowing a lot about special effects. If you know a lot about special effects watching a movie, does that ruin it for you? Or if you know, like if you know a celebrity is a jerk in person, does it ruin the movie for you? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little but bit, like, but still. You'll, you'll but get that's over the it. only thing that really bothers me. Like, like if I know how an effect is done and then I see it executed in the movie really well, I'm like, wow, that was awesome. It didn't take me out at all. If anything, it enhanced the experience. Like knowing that like Keanu Reeves did, did his own stunts and his own driving and John Wick, like that just enhances the experience for yeah, you. Yeah, that is it's that movie. Those movies are crazy, man. And like, you know, so like when it came to Bioshock, you know, I – I remember I was in Chicago and when, when I first read the Game Informer announcing the game and describing what it was going to be like. I wasn't involved at all. Nowhere anywhere near involved. I mean, I was still in I was in Chicago doing commercial stuff. So when we moved out here and then and then an audition came down for a smaller role in BioShock, I auditioned for it and nothing came of it. You're know, like, "Ah, that's the way most things go. You audition for most stuff and you don't get it." And then, um, and then a year later, this audition for Comstock came around and, you know, uh, I did probably six or seven sessions of it. And then, you know, when you watch the finished product and you're playing and you have a, a understanding, I, I didn't, I honestly, I didn't know the twist. The twist wasn't shared with me. So like, as far as I was concerned, I was just doing my thing. Being oh, Comstock. Okay. okay. And, um, Doing the audio logs and all that stuff. So when the turn happens or when you when the reveal happens in the game, it's like, oh, you didn't even know. Okay, I could see that because he didn't he didn't blatantly say, oh, this is what's happening. You know, right? So, okay, exactly. There were there were things. There were also moments that happened <clears throat> in the recording session that were like, like I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler for anybody to know that that you know that Elizabeth is missing part of her pinky, mm-hmm. and. I remember when we recorded the dialogue surrounding the scene about how she loses that little tip of her pinky or her finger. Um, but I, in context, that moment absolutely brought me to tears. And I was so completely surprised and moved by the execution of it and by the music scoring and the yes, when, it, yes. when it went to slow motion at that moment. I mean, it just broke my heart. I get, yeah. I'm getting the feels just thinking about it, man. Just yeah, that, dude. That game. That's that's well, you were describing like the way I feel, which is hard for me to get across. But it's all of it. It's the music, the execution, the animation, the voices. It that game to me has like a, this part in my heart that I'll never. It, yeah. it, I love it, man. So good. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's so. It's such an important game. I think as as storytelling and as games gain more. I think it's a generational thing, but I think our generation really understands the impact and power of an immersive storytelling experience like that. And as more people uh, game and dis- and as games modify and as we do more augmented reality and the way storytelling continues to modify, that people will appreciate the complexity of the storytelling going on in those formats. You know, you, you think about something like This Is Us, right? Here's a show that's taking – that's telling a 45, 48, probably hour story. 
split up over the course of how many seasons, how many episodes, 44 minutes a night over the course of what? Probably, I mean, that show may go on maybe four seasons, maybe five seasons. And that's it. And that story is vast. That's a mount. That's a, if you play every nook and cranny of the Witcher, that's still half of the Witcher. That's Mm -hmm. probably, I mean, Bioshock Infinite, if you listen to every audio log and get the full breadth of the story, if you really just kind of walk around and read, like read journals and read what's on the board in the Lutessa's office and like really put the whole story together, like it would take you at least 20 hours to digest all of it. Yeah, I think it took me close to 30 or 40. I did everything, looked at everything, did all the achievements. Listen to all of it and really get the breadth of the story and really, really gather its full measure. And then you look at, then people look at Suicide Squad and go, ah, that's a piece of shit. It was two hours and that movie was too long and blah, blah, blah. It's like, man, the, the detail and all that other kind of stuff and in the props are telling a story that you will never be able to take in to the level of the depth that we can do just simply because there isn't time. Yeah. You know? I, I, dude, Big big shout out to you, man, just for noticing all these things. These are the type of things I get consumed with. All the little things, the props, yeah. the, the the visuals. I really video games, the art design. You know, Bioshock. Fuck, the art design was so good. It, it was oh man, amazing. I mean, Columbia was just it's just such a great thing. I, I love the fact that you you notice these little things too, and props oh, and visually. So, and so like, check it out, like. It's in what I love is that, and I'm a big like movie rewatcher, but like, and I haven't rewatched Ghost in the Shell, but some of my favorite movies are movies that people have shit on all over on over the past couple of years. Like I love, I love Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. And one of the things that I love about them, not just because I'm in Batman versus Superman, but like there's Watchmen stuff. Zach put Watchmen stuff in Batman versus Superman. Oh, did he? Yeah. Like you watch the extended cut and there's like a bit in the middle of the football game. It's in my demo reel. There's a bit uh, in the football game where the cops are watching the football game and a guy stands up and holds up a big sign of Richard Nixon. You're like, what? What's that? And Mason, the guy who's playing my partner, we were in the car getting ready to do this bit where we go in and, and, and catch the, uh, the guy who captured all the women and stuff. And uh, we're watching the football game in the car and, and Mason goes like, wait a second, why is there a poster board of Nixon in the middle of this ball game? And I was like, dude, it's it's Watchmen, right? Because like Nixon is is president and Watchmen. And Zack Snyder standing right by the window is like, exactly, exactly, that's exactly right. And then if you look at the billboard outside of uh, there's a big billboard that says Welcome to Gotham Port, and spray painted on it, it says the end is nigh, which is what Rorschach is carrying on his sign outside of. Uh, outside of the uh, Gunga Din. I mean, just like little stuff like that. Just yeah. little attention to detail. Oh, these like eggs, man. Oh, man. If you, if you, and it, they're, and they're hidden in plain sight. If you go take the Warner Brothers tour and look at the props, look at Harley Quinn's bat, look at Deadshot's gun, the stuff that's written in there and then etched into it and the story that they're telling for the benefit of Margot and for Will, like, and, and maybe no one else. Until you get up close and see it and see how much artistry is present. you can It's a rabbit hole. And I think when people sort of glaze over it or dismiss it as, oh, these people are just – it's just a quick buck. It's like, no, man. Like my buddy Kevin worked on, on Suicide Squad and they had like 
six or seven different bats and six or seven different guns. And they let Margo and they let Will and everybody like choose their own weaponry with David to figure out what's the best, what most speaks to who Harley really is in this context. Like it's so deep. It's, it's the same level of depth and games. You just don't have the time to process it. Yeah, I, I really I liked Suicide Squad. I Margot Robbie, she was so much fun. I really want to see was, a Harley Quinn solo film. Yeah, me too. Me and too. I did I, like Batman versus Superman as well. I know a lot of people I was, were. I guess there was some stuff that was hard to follow, which I don't follow anything in movies. I, I suck at paying attention, so I didn't notice it. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. I think that's why I like going back and looking at stuff and processing and taking it in and be like, oh man, that's what he's saying. Wow, that's heavy. And you know, I, it's it's awesome. All of it is it's an exciting time to be alive, man. Yeah, it is. Uh hey, let's do some shout outs real quick. You down for yeah. that? Okay. I'm totally down with doing some shout outs. All right, let's do some shout outs. Yeah. It's party time, people. I'm gonna shout, shout it out. Tell my friends what it's all about. Making love in the streets in between the sheets, gonna shout them homies out. It's the Horribly Awkward Podcast. It's a shout-out segment of the show. So shout out the people you know. Let's make love grow on the Horribly Awkward Big, show. big shout-out to Douglas and Bryn from the Almost Better Than Silence Podcast. Uh, those guys are awesome. We had a fun time last week hanging out, talking video games. They do a video game podcast. Like I said, Almost Better Than Silence. You guys shouldn't be so hard on yourself, man. It should be always better than Silence because this Almost shit, I don't, I don't know, man. I... Good podcast, great news. And these guys, um, speaking of attention to detail, really good with editing. He, uh, Douglas goes through and edits like like the whole podcast. And he t- spends a lot of time, t- has a lot of pride in the editing, and I really respect that. So big shout-out to you guys. And I want to say big shout-out to uh, Sissy Jones, of course. Yay. One of my celeb crushes. <laughs> Uh, big shout out to K Best. K Best is awesome. And Yay, K Best. Big shout out to Amanda Troop. I, I told Amanda I messaged her. I said, Amanda, do I, I, I'm glad we talked about Kiff and his podcast because I, I, right after I got right after I got off the podcast with her, I checked your IMDb and I was like, oh shit, Comstock, really? All right, I got to reach out to Kiff. So yeah, big shout out to all of them. Oh, big shout out to Movie Pass because. Uh, mm. $10 a month for unlimited movies. I ordered mine August 27th and I still haven't got it. So big shout out to you, Movie Pass. I'll give you a proper shout out when I actually get it. But 10 bucks for unlimited movies, I'm so down, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know about that. Everyone should get a Movie Pass. Everyone should get a Movie Pass. <laughs> and big shout out to Marshmallows. Big shout out to Marshmallows. <laughs> what about you, Kiff? Big, sh- big shout out to Filmstruck. 10 bucks a month and you can get not only their curated movie collection, but also the entire or a bunch of stuff on Criterion Collection. Big shout out to the Norm McDonald Show. Check out the Norm McDonald Show podcast. It's really, really funny and some fantastic interviews. Huge fan of the Norm McDonald Show. Oh, I didn't even know he had a podcast. Can you do an impression oh, of him? He's got a good voice to impersonate. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, right over here, you know. <laughs> I mean, this uh, that's my Norm McDonald impression, you know. And then, uh, and then there, and then a shout out to his lackey Adam Egot. Uh, big shout out to Adam for uh, for liking one of my comments on his inner and his conversation with someone. Hey, big shout out to the last picture, uh, the last picture show. Shoot, it's either called the last picture show or the next picture show. Let me get it right. Um, 
it's uh it's another podcast i listen to uh it's backing so, it's up so good you don't even remember the name so that's they're how good so, it is I, I know they're they're terrific though they're the ones i listen to the most next picture show uh to your next picture show it's for chicago film critics and uh, they let me rant about Batman versus Superman and how great it is uh, in their in their letters column. Um, big shout out to my boy uh, AJ Lacostio, who also plays Han Solo. Uh, you'll be able to see him play Han Solo in the uh, in the original trilogy uh, timeline um, at the end of the month. Uh, shout out to my Voice NATO crew. Come see Voice NATO and all of our voiceover live at uh, the. Stanley Kamikaze um, or the Los Angeles Comic-Con at the end of the month, October 27th through 29th. Uh, let's see. Shout out to my people on Richie Rich, Jake Brennan, Josh Carlin, Jenna Ortega, uh, Laura. Oh, come on. Are you kidding me? Lauren Taylor and Brooke Wexler. Uh, big ups yourselves. Mad love, etc. Big <laughs> shout out to, uh, to Justice League coming out November 17. And always uh, standing shout out to Daniel Craig uh, continuing on as James Bond. That's all I got. I got to say, uh, you did pretty good without notes, man. I mean, I'm not that Thanks. good. <laughs> I mean, I know like earlier, the strain, you just like, I thought I'm going to bring up this thing. When you were talking, I'm like, all right, let's talk about the strain. And then I was like, that that vampire show. And it just, it just evaporated from my mind. I understand. Really yeah, I, that's the way. I'm just I'm terrible with names and stuff. I mean, like I like I was saying, I'll, I'll watch a whole movie and kind of go, "What was that about?" <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes my mind's other places than the actual movie, but uh, you know, I understand that completely, man. I do. So uh, you, you you were back to your acting, La La Land. You got to work with Emma Stone. Yes. Oh man, I'm so jealous right now. She's the nicest. It's just like hanging out with. Girl next door. She was super cool. And like, like that was one of those situations where they just put us all in a room together. We were at the Warner Brothers on the studio, uh, on the lot, and they still they've transformed that cafe and kept it that way. So if you take the tour there, you like drive by it and stuff and take a picture with it and all that. And um they're like, Okay guys, well we're getting the shot set up, so why don't you hang out in the room? And it was just it was another facade, like across the street. And uh, when you go inside these houses on the lot, they're just empty buildings. Like there's nothing inside. They're literally like just, you know, they're not dressed at all. So it's like there's a little kerosene heater in there and a couple chairs and uh, like four of us actors in there. The girl who played the barista and then me as the manager and then Emma and then a lady who played a customer. And we're just hanging out, talking and we talked about yoga and talked about improv and and about other stuff and like Emma was on her phone and running her lines, but then like put the down and was just talking with us and stuff. And like, it was just great. I'm so um, jealous, dude. I'm so oh, jealous. Man. Smart, man. Ever since I seen her in super bad, I'm like, Oh, she's going to be a star. <laughs> yeah. She was, she was terrific in that picture, man. I mean, Ryan Gosling too. I mean the, the, the work that those guys did to learn the skit to, to, to learn how to play piano and to dance and to do those things. And, I think people look at movie stars and go, ah, oh, they're just a movie star. All they can do is act. They can't do these other things. But it's like, I remember when Chicago came out, you know, like, where's that? Renee Zellweger did her own dancing. Like, yeah. And these people are the top of the top, the best of the best. That's how you get to be top, you know, 
above the line actors and it's by discipline. And are you, you know, like, ah, uh, are you prepared to put yourself through the training and the hours and the, the workouts and the, the coaching and the skill of what, like, like I think about like 300, like what those guys did to transform their bodies to, to eat nothing and to work as hard as you possibly can to be in Spartan shape. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly in awe of my colleagues who are, who make that commitment to what it takes to do that to Jake Gyllenhaal for eating just a can of tuna and, and saltines so that he could look that gaunt to tell that story. Yeah, he, he, he was, he was, he was, <laughs> I mean, I was looking at him on camera like, I know Jake Gyllenhaal, J- Jake Gyllenhaal, I know what he looks like, but that's him? Like, I, I yeah. know that's him, but that's him? That's crazy. Right. It's amazing, the physical transformation yeah. that people go through, you know? I mean, and, and, Christian you know, Bale even, back like, in the day, just, what was that movie? The Machinist? Yeah, the or? Machinist, right. And, you know, it's like, Everybody has their own methodology, and what do you you know? It comes back. Everything comes back to the untouchables. Then Jared, Le- Jared Leto really get into his uh, Joker role and was sending like condoms yeah. to people. <laughs> yeah, like I think it's like I think it's kind of unfair that some of those stories get out because it's like that's that dude's process, and if it interferes with other people's processes, then they have to take that up with them and not with the media. I mean, this this job is really really surreal, and if you make those those kind of changes. Or do that kind of stuff unless you kind of revel in it or you're doing it for one reason or another. There's a documentary that's coming out about Jim Carrey and Andy Kaufman and about, you know, what Jim Carrey, how he immersed himself into that role for The Man in the Moon. And, uh, you know, out of, out of respect to to an actor's process, it's not for me to comment on how what he had to do to to get to that place. To make an enjoyable performance. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, Jim well, Carrey is an artist, though. I mean, I've been watching yeah. some of his new stuff. He's he's doing a lot of really interesting art, and I watched some of his interviews on red carpets, which are hilarious because he's just yeah, basically like, like, what is an idol? An idol is nothing. Like, I am nothing. I don't exist. And you're like, Jim Carrey, you're in a, you're in another world, man. But I dig it. Yeah, exactly right. It's like you don't exist. I don't exist. I'm like, I'm like, I know we exist, you know. I see what you're where you're going with this. It's hilarious, but I, but he's also making sense. Like the the, yeah. the people, way people look at idols as if they're like they're gods, but they're not. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I love dudes like Russell Brand and and uh, and Jim and I mean all those guys. Like it's just they're big personalities, man. Their personality yeah. is like. It just speaks for itself. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. When when I think of Jim Carrey, first thing that flashes into my mind is is <laughs> in Living Color skits, man. It's, oh it's, man, that guy so funny. There's a great behind the scenes thing about him where he was like working, doing doing a stand up, and it was at maybe Canadian television, and he was just kind of coming up, you know. And they have this footage of him working with a mirror, and it's kind of shot from. A fair, a fair distance away, and he's just with a mirror, and he's just kind of looking, doing this kind of stuff with his face, you know, yeah. just trying to find, see if he can find how far. People are like, oh, you got a rubber face, and you can have a rubber face, but if you don't know how to pull it, so he can do like an impression. He does an impression of Henry Fonda on On Golden Bond, and it's hilarious. It's just hilarious. I mean, the guy is he's so facile and has a wonderful control of his instrument. That's ah, so cool, man. How did we get on Jim Carrey? I forgot, but yeah, that dude's incredible. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's like, like, you know, uh, it was off of like Jim Carrey prepping for Man in the Moon, but like when I was working on Bioshock Infinite, like that was one of the, one of the things is like the stuff that Comstock says is so heinous, and we were trying to figure out what his voice sounded like, and I was in a session, and Ken said to me, Ken Levine, you know the producer, yeah, producer, yeah, Ken Levine, yeah. Game. We were in an ISDN session. I was here in Los Angeles, and he was in Boston. He was like, maybe, maybe because he's spouting so much can't so many cancerous things and these horrible ideas that maybe his voice sounds like that. So I did like a pass or a couple passes of him screaming and just burning my throat out in this sort of like almost Tom Waits type of a character sound. And then he said at one point, maybe he's a, he's a zealot, like he's like Harrison Ford in the Mosquito Coast. He's completely obsessed with his with his correctness. And um, and then I went to Boston maybe six weeks later for the session that we ended up using pretty much everything from. And when I got into the when I got to Irrational Games, I said there was something that you said to me in that last session where what if Comstock was like. What if he was like Harrison Ford in Mosquito Coast? And I was like, that really resonated. And it gives me an idea. I want to try something. And he like clapped his hands and jumped up and down. And was literally like, like giddy. And he was like, this is what I love about this work is when you get to collaborate with someone on the performance. And, um, and ultimately that's what we get with Comstock is that it's inspired by that sort of the zealot. But the most important part of that character for me is his love for his daughter. I mean, Elizabeth is everything to him and uh, just like it is for Anna. So like that whole idea of, of uh, everything I do, I do out of love and to keep you safe. And I say that I said it to him as I'm, as I'm washing Elizabeth's hands in the bird bath. Yeah. Everything I've done, I've done to keep you safe. You know, give me chills, man. That game is <laughs> a game. I love that game, man. It just, it's... Oh man. Ken is such a creative person. Oh, he's incredible. He's an amazing writer, and and I, I love like the 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 depth of stuff and the depth of thought behind that game. The depth of uh, as a social political satire and the, about the deification of the founding fathers is such a powerful idea, especially now. You know, in our political culture right now, it's just it's it's just great to have these stories and these metaphors present. And, um, you know, and, and that whether whether you realize it or not, when you're playing through the game, that these ideas are being explored, it, it just helps critical thought for everybody to kind of push ourselves beyond where, you know, and, and think about things differently than we might have in school or in in our homes or whatever, you know? Yeah, I mean, you look at a lot of the games. I have a lot of respect for games. There's a lot of cookie-cutter games where you're like, I've seen this before. It's fun. It's slightly different. I'll give it a shot. I mean, Bioshock, the original games in Bioshock Infinite, is just on its completely different. Like, you just remove yourself from what you've seen before and visit this world that you've never been and just living there for a little while. You know, Bioshock, the original, is being underwater and it's just, it's such a fucking fascinating way to way of of telling a story and then and then bioshock yeah. Infinite is just up in the sky in the clouds columbia floating sky it's right. it's it's unheard of man i 
I'm, I was so sad that Bioshock Infinite didn't do as well as it should have. I mean, there should be more games. Ken Levine, I know, is, oh, man. has left and he's doing. His, he's starting to work on some smaller projects. But I, I just, man, I wish somebody would pick the Bioshock name and 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 do oh. another game. I I I understand. <clears throat> I totally understand. But I, and at the same time, I'm like, man, the way that game ends is so yeah, perfect. I guess yeah, it's so perfect. And that even even with the add-on stuff, which has been great, the the DLC that they've done with yeah, it, yeah, stuff was creative too. But like, I, I mean, I'm I just hope it doesn't get recycled. I would love I would love to get this. Like, I would love to do or go to like a Bioshock themed haunted house. <laughs> yeah, right. Or, or or theater experience, like an immersive theater experience based on like. The 1957, you know, like New Year's Eve party, like with with splices all over the place, like that would be such a terrifying, fun experience and a way to, like, almost like that's where that where I hope that would go. That you would see those kind of immersive experiences. Uh, I mean, just the, the world, it's so atmospheric and and so emotional. Like the the decisions that you have to make about the little sisters, whether to kill them. Or set them free, and I mean, I, I love that the morality of that is part of as part of the storytelling, and it's something like like even something. I love that that trend is happening. Like even like in Battlefield One, did you play Battlefield One, or have you played it at oh, all? Oh yeah, I played a lot of it. Yeah, I mean the way how every time you die, it tells you the name of the character and the birth and death, and that you don't get a sense of these characters being disposable. You know, oh, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, the story the sense mode. Of that. Yeah, totally. Like, brilliant. Simple. A simple idea, but just so thoughtful to really give you the weight of the loss, to really appreciate the human sacrifice of the war. I mean, it was just, uh, it's just brilliant. Yeah, that's a... Uh, I love really good storytelling. Just it, it just got to be different. People need to be creative. I, I understand there's... There's so many movies and games. They're like, this is popular. Let's do that. Slightly right. different, which kind of sucks. I mean, La La Land, speaking of that, was a movie. Uh, I looked at the trailer and said, I'll never watch that. That's not my type of movie. I like Emma Stone. I like Ryan Gosling. But I'm like, I never watched that. But I heard enough good things about it. And I saw the reviews and stuff. So I watched it. And I was like, okay, that was creative. I really liked it. It made me feel good. And I'm so glad I watched it. Yeah. But I would have passed it passed on it when it first came out. I was like, I'm, I don't want to watch it. I don't like musicals a lot, you know. Yeah. But I yeah. hear you, man. I, I I love like my favorite movie of last year uh, was was Moonlight, and like Moonlight absolutely blew my mind the way that film was told. That story was just it's perfect. And Arrival, another one, just Arrival so- was incredible, man. I thought, I, mean, it was gonna be a, I thought it was going to be just another sci-fi, and it wasn't. It was really interesting. Yeah, that's right. There, I mean, there's so many great storytellers out there right now. And there's, and that – like I do a lot of voiceover work in movie trailers. Mm-hmm. So I get a sense of how movie trailers are made. And like these movie trailer houses are outside of the studios. So like they're trying to tell the story that of what the movie is, but tell it in a way that's going to sell it. How do you accurately tell the story of a movie like Moonlight or Arrival in a way where people are going to have a really clear sense of what it's going to be? And how many times have you want to mo- saw a movie and then be like, that trailer, that trailer made me think it was going to be this, but it wasn't at all. Like the level of 
of depth and stuff and like Ghost in the Shell that the trailer showed you the action, but it didn't show you the thought and what that the movie itself was about whitewashing. Like it's just it's fascinating. And that like the limit of what you can do in two minutes versus what you can do over the course of two hours. Mm -hmm. So I, I I'm I'm imminently inspired and excited by by some of the, the by the pictures that come out. Like, dude, we watched this movie on Filmstruck last night called uh, In a Lonely Place. And it is a, a 1950 Nicholas Ray movie starring Humphrey Bogart. And I had never heard of it. I'd never seen it. It was just on and it had a pretty font. And it was brilliant. Really? Brilliant. Like a straight up L.A. noir, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde movie. And both my wife and I were like, we end up staying up late watching the thing. Both of us transfixed and talking about it like all day today. It's brilliant. And uh, like, like, see that movie. It's really something else. There's a, I just watched a, Have you seen a ghost story? I haven't yet. No. Okay. I, I, was, I, I saw the trailers. I'm like, I don't want to see that. But I saw enough reviews. The same thing. I was like, let me check it out. I watched it just the other day. It, 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 it's one of those movies that it, it was it was brilliant. It was really good. It was really well done. It'll, it'll leave you thinking. It had a great ending. A lot of movies don't have great endings. The ending of this movie is perfect. It, it was really good. It's really artsy. So hard. To, it's hard to say. Like it, It's very pretentious, but it works yeah. that way. That's great. I've, I've heard really good things about that. I'd love to see it. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Uh, and I, I was going to skip on it just because I looked at the trailer and said, that was kind of boring. It's, you yeah. know, it's like, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, what's uh, Kevin? Oh, it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, Casey Affleck, right? Casey Affleck, you know, and, and, and basically in a sheet. Yeah. And, and, and if you watch the trailer, you might look at it and go, nah, but it's really one of those must-see movies. That's awesome. Yeah, so good. Yes. I was I was blown away. And I, a friend of mine recently suggested this movie to me. I watched it. I thought it was so so good. Uh, the Lobster. Oh yeah, with uh, with Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. I had never even heard of this movie. And a friend of mine, Caitlin Caitlin McAtee, was on recently, and she suggested it. And she told me what it was about. And I was like, okay, so there's this movie where people have to be coupled up, and if they can't be in couples, they send them to this place to try to find a couple within a certain amount of days. If they can't they get killed and turn into an animal of their choice. And I'm like, oh, I have to watch that. That yeah, sounds great. <laughs> wow, you haven't seen it? I, I have it. I have a screener of it, and I never got around to watching it, but the trailer looked so fascinating. I definitely want to see that. It's uh, it's way more interesting than it even sounds when I say that. It was really cool. Great. Great. Yeah. I mean, the trailer made it look really terrific, so I'm, I'm excited to check it out. Yeah, it's weird. I've never even seen a trailer. I've never even heard of it at that point, which was weird. <laughs> it's weird how something like that just kind of slipped under the radar. Dude, check out, check out this German film called Tony Erdman. It's brilliant. Is it, uh, is it in subtitles? Yeah, it does have subtitles. <laughs> I'm so slow at reading, man. I miss oh, everything. Oh, man. <laughs> then stop and start. Pause it. Watch that movie. It's worth it. <laughs> Or you can wait for the remake. They're going to remake it. I think Jack Nicholson is playing the playing the lead in it. But like, like the German picture was it's great. Talk about like, talk about horribly awkward. That's what that movie is. Oh, it's okay. Brilliant. I'm in then. Yeah, dude, you'd love it. I'm totally it's a in. Good, it's a good picture. I, it's just weird how some people can create things that are so fan, like fantastic, and other other people can create things that are that are 
their idea is fantastic, but the execution doesn't work. And it it sucks Uh for everyone who's involved in that because they spend so much time on it. But it's, uh, I I can respect things also, uh, just knowing what, what they had in mind. Sometimes I can respect it. Yeah. Like the limitation of what budget technology distribution, you know, you might have a fantastic story and a director who's really a visionary, but can't communicate it well, or a director of photography who, is who makes it look subpar, makes it look like a TV movie instead of a feature or, or you might have, or lightning might strike and you capture it in a bottle and you get a show like Mr. Robot where you're Mr. Robot. Wow. These brilliant, the composition of that show is brilliant. Yeah. Just the 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 shots. You'll, you'll see like, you'll see the, uh, the, the camera will be panned over to like, you'll just see this person from a distance sitting in the corner, like way down the screen, like right here. Like if no one, you guys can't see me on audio, but like, there's like a, the shots are like way off from what you would normally see something shot. And you're just like, Oh, that's like art to me. I don't know what, what about it works. Yeah, totally. It does. Oh, it's great. Just, yeah, I love it. And that there was that little twist in the last season that kind of blew blew my mind. Did you see the Alf episode? <laughs> that that was brilliant. Just out oh. of nowhere, like where did they come up with that? That was fantastic. Yeah. Just just genius. Just, not not I mean, what you would ever think would pop up on that show. Right. Exactly. So funny. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love being a fan. Isn't being a fan and like right now where you get stuff like, you know, growing up it was Donkey Kong. It was Dig Dug. It was Pac-Man. We didn't have the depth of stuff. I mean, just like, you know, seeing like the Nuka-Cola sign behind you and Horizon Zero Dawn and and not only... Oh, you like, were in Horizon as well, weren't you? Yeah. Did and I did voices? a little bit in Fallout. Like did some DLC in Fallout. And oh, Fallout. did you? So like, yeah, when you go to Nuka World, I'm the voice of the Haunted Mansion. Oh, dude. You're in everything, man. I got Fallout <laughs> and I like- I got, it's all right there in the background. Yeah, that's right. Horizon Zero Dawn was a blast too, man. Horizon I mean, Zero Dawn was cool. It was really uh, something. Just the level of detail on the robots and picking pieces off them and taking these big robot dinosaur looking things down was so incredible. Just so satisfying. I, I like Shadow of the Colossus for that very reason. Like I love like these big gigantic things and like just, just innovative, interesting gameplays. I haven't played that, but that's all my oh. – I want to play I know they're doing the remake of it. Yeah, I don't know if it's an HD remake or they're remaking the game completely, but I will check it out because it looks really cool. I like things that just make make things look so humongous in scale. You know, God of War, you're crawling up this guy's arm, fighting all these other guys, but it's like this big giant. You're on his arm, and you're like, this, this is incredible. And there's no, in no other way could this be done. Exactly. Yeah, it just ma- it makes me feel good. I'm so happy to be a gamer. <laughs> And I will play Bioshock Infinite again at some point because I got to. Re- it's been a couple of years since I played it, but I, I have it on PC, so yeah. so now I can play it on there. And it's just it's one of those That's things. Perfect. Yeah, it's, it's man, it feels good right now. So uh, before we go, there's a couple other things you, <laughs> I got to ask you about. For one, did, sure. I, men- did I mention that uh, I- I'm jealous that you got to hang out with Emma Stone? I yes. <laughs> yeah, I got. Uh, yeah, Emma Stone. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> Um, yes, yes. You were on Scare PewDiePie. Yes. I, I, you know what? I've never seen that. I know PewDiePie is a crazy dude, and he gets a bad rap. A lot of people give him shit. But what was that show actually about? You really just scaring him? Well, yeah, it was Thirty Days. Where have you seen the Michael Douglas movie, The Game? Do you know that movie yeah, by David Fincher? 
That's yeah, basically so. what we did to PewDiePie over the course of 30 days. Is that the so one the where there's like a, was, a doll in the game? Was there like a creepy doll? Yeah, there was a clown doll. Yep. But okay. like the thing was, the thing was, he didn't know what was real and what was not. Okay. That, that um, there's our job. We told him he surrendered himself for 30 days to the production company to come and get him whenever, grab him, take him, throw him into a place where he would play a live game, and he would have to do. So we did like a Five Nights at Freddy's. We did an Outlast. We did a call of duty and he would be given like different assignments and instructions. And the first one we did was outlast. I think it was episode seven and it was when they launched YouTube red. Um, so like it was a big launch. Oh, that's right. I, that's right. Like a, a crazy doctor. And we tried to, you know, put him. we shot in this abandoned hospital in South Los Angeles and it was a trip. So I didn't like hang with him or nothing like that. It was all in character. So it was like, um, the producers I worked with on Fameless, on David Spade's Fameless, but they worked on like scare tactics and and that kind of stuff. So they really had hidden camera down to a science. It was a, it was a cool experience. Famous, famous was a was that like a prank show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had Emily Goss on like way back in the day, and she I guess she. Oh, did Emily, scares. yeah. Well, that's awesome. She did a couple. are so funny. Some pregnant one. She's like pregnant on the side of the road. Yes. <laughs> I never worked with Emily, but um, I, I met her at an audition a while ago, and we know a lot of the same people. Yeah, she was but, she was cool, very very uh, very cool person to hang out with. Yeah, that's awesome. On a podcast, I didn't get to hang out in person, sadly. That's all right. Still, you know, we're hanging out. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just you're you're just incredibly flat. <laughs> I'm I'm incredibly flat. <laughs> that's right. I have no personality, guys. I'm the I'm the worst <laughs> in the world. But PewDiePie, man, what that guy's. Rich. I don't even understand what you do with all that money. Oh man, I don't. I don't even. I can't even imagine. I don't even understand how he made that much money. So people really consume streaming video games and, and and YouTube playthroughs that much that he became so famous, which is crazy. The bigger you are, too, the more the more people want to hate. <laughs> so yeah, I reckon. I reckon that's it. Well, you know, if you you get to that place, there's, you know, yeah, there's free speech, but there's also uh, consequences to free speech. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, that recent stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like you know, I mean, someone someone's got to blow it up and uh, and see what heights you can get to, and and that dude certainly has. And uh, he was he was cool to us. I mean, we enjoyed working with him and stuff. But yeah, it was it was a fun gig. It was cool to be able to work with him. That's cool. And you also you were on you did a little. I don't know if it was a skit. It doesn't say, but something on Jimmy Kimmel says uh, Kiff O'Shannon. Oh yeah, I did I did a bunch of stuff on Kimmel. That one oh, really. That quote is that bit is from um, it was the Super Bowl Deflate Gate and that spot went viral, which was super cool. It was like Matt Damon was on it and Ben and uh, Steven Tyler and John Krasinski and all that. But it was right after the, uh, the right before the Super Bowl for the Patriots. And the bit is um, I said, you know, I, basically the idea was when people were uh, when the when the balls were deflated the people started coming forward saying, "Oh yeah, Tom Brady had nothing to do with that. I did that." So that was that was that bit. So I started that whole video off by yeah. saying I was responsible. I snuck in and squeezed all the footballs wicked hot. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel seems like a, a cool dude, man. Oh man, Jimmy's great, and I I love doing stuff for that show. It's uh, it's a it's a joy. I watched uh, I watched a video of his the other day. Sadly. Uh, oh, yeah. Because of the the Vegas stuff, Vegas. and he was uh, he was breaking up and, and talking. It was it was a really good video, and um, yeah. I mean I haven't talked about that on the podcast. I don't really want to give this 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 
complete asshole spotlight, right. but you know, really my thoughts, prayers, all that stuff, you know, so yeah. the stuff that happened in Vegas. Uh, wow, man, it's just incredible. I watched a lot of those videos, you know, cause I usually don't watch stuff like that. I, I kind of, I yeah. don't want to, I, but I was like, I want to know, I want to see what these people went through. I want to feel for them. I want to get the feel for what they went through. And it's really, it's such a scary experience. Terrible, man. Terrible. Yeah, man. It's, uh, oh, it's just a, yeah, you just left speechless and all you can do is, is empathize with those people and, and, and just go, you know, there, but for the grace of God, go I, you know, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. It's a horrible, horrible tragedy. And the shitty thing about this, that kind of stuff is even more stuff comes out that's even worse. You got all these people like, oh, these are fake, fake false alarm or whatever, fake flags, right. false flags. And, and, right. uh, and, um, and then people are going on Twitter, uh, uh, with Jason Aldean, people are jumping on him. You're a coward for running off the stage. Like, what? Is oh it, it just stand there like he's body armor or something? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, people get so ugly on social media and I hate it. <laughs> I dude, I agree. It's it's brutal. Uh, it's so, brutal. Yeah, sorry, Kiff, man, for bringing that down. It just popped hey, in my man. mind. No, that's all right. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm my head's there all the time too. So it's like it's all it's all part of it. We got to process the stuff and do what we can to make make the world better than we found it. You know. Yeah, I mean, by the time people hear this, it's probably too late. But you know, big shout out to all the people who. The community of the people in Vegas who came together and, and went to blood drives and gave their blood because I mean that stuff is yeah. what makes a difference. That's right. Yeah, That's totally, exactly right. totally. I mean, I've seen the lines of people out out there. I mean, it's incredible what pe- the way people get together. Even in the floods in, in Texas, the the way people yeah. got together and and took their boats out there. They just yeah, dude. Hundreds of hundreds of trucks in a row with with trailers and boats connected to them. It was crazy. That's right. That's awesome. I mean, people people rise i mean it's one of the it's the thing that we do you know as americans is that we rise and and help each other because we know you know i mean it it can happen anywhere at any time and and we've and you know before we are the different you know the before we are who our parents were we have to be americans and neighbors first and brothers and sisters and you know have each other's back you know so I, I I I agree with you. I think I think the, regardless of where you fall politically on anything, at the end of the day, who I am to the people next door to me, who I'm walking in the street, car next to me, in line, whatever, I've got to do what I can to make, you know, make their carry my weight, you know, and help folks out, you know. Yeah, it's amazing times, man. It's there's some it shitty is. shitty things happening, but there's amazing things underneath it all. So you know, that's right. Yeah, help help your fellow. Be, just be kind to people, guys. That's right. Be kind be to kind. people. Don't be the asshole that pushes the the button in the elevator. That's right. <laughs> Hold it open. You know, let them in. That's right. They, they might be late to work. You might you might be, you might be getting them fired. You never know, man. Don't be that guy in traffic who's being an asshole. You know, just Dude. just don't do it. That's right. <laughs> Unless you really get road rage, then it's okay. Just, if you want to flip some people off and yell, yeah, but you know. Whatever. Yeah, dude, Kiff, this has been an awesome time, man. Really cool dude, hanging out with you. with you. man. My pleasure. Thank you Shut for up. having me on the show, dude. I really appreciate it. And let's get to the horribly awkward podcast. Yeah, let's get to the wrap-up show. Let's get to the wrap-up show! Ayo, Freeman. Yo, what's up, Iams? Dude, what's left to do? I don't know, man. Wrap it up, son! Wrap it up, son! Wrap it up, son! Wrap it up, son!
So on Instagram and on Twitter, I am at KIFFVH, K-I-F-F-V-H. My website is uh, www.kiffvh.com. And you got demo reels and contact information and that kind of jazz. Uh, my podcast is called All Over Voiceover. And that uh, that's just it, All Over Voiceover. And you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. And I've done, coming up on my 50th show soon. And if you're interested in voiceover, uh, it's the show is for, I made the show for you. And uh, please check it out. Uh, in the meantime, um, check out Forces of Destiny, Star Wars Forces of Destiny. I play older Han Solo. And please, please join us in Columbia. Come play Bioshock Infinite. Yes. And um, check out La La Land, which is now available. And uh, Batman versus Superman and Richie Rich on Netflix. Please check that show out. We made that for little kids, but uh, it's. It, I think that show is a lot funnier than people give it credit for. And uh, yeah, hit me up on Twitter and social media and stuff. I'll sh- I'll follow you back. Shout you out. Yada yada. And come check out uh, if you're in the LA area or coming to the LA Comic Con. Come join us for the All Over Voiceover podcast uh, live episode, which will be on Saturday. Nice. And then uh, voice NATO on Sunday and come meet some of your favorite voiceover actors and impressionists and come have a laugh and uh, Q&A and bits and all that stuff. It'll be a blast. Yeah, Kip, you should be following people back, man. You're going to get some weird messages. I uh, know. I'm, 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 I'm learning. Yeah, exactly. Anybody who's a fan of the podcast, friend, uh, creative, I will follow and I'll, you know, I'll check out your stuff. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Um, uh, uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, car- cartoons are great. <laughs> <laughs> Did I mention that Emma Stone? I, oh, man, yeah. I'm so jealous. Yeah, no, guys, uh, yeah. Did, did yeah, I yeah. mention that? <laughs> yeah. All right, you, you guys can find me on Twitter at awkward underscore podcast. You guys can follow my personal account, which is they call me IAMS. Uh, if you're on PS4, Xbox, all you gamers on Steam, everything, they call me IAMS. IAMS is spelled just like the dog food. Yes, yes it is. I am's dog food. They call me I am's. No spaces. Uh, horribly awkward. Uh, of course. Why? Why did I read that out the way I wrote it? Uh, the podcast. <laughs> I am a part of the Hush Your Face family, so uh, there's a lot of other podcasts. A lot of great podcasts on that network. Check them out. Check out all those other shows. A lot of cool shows going on. Uh, go to hushyourface.com. You know, you can hear me on RadioVegas.rocks Monday mornings at 6 a.m. Eastern. Yes. Uh, also, big shout out to Jay. Uh, the guy who runs Radio Vegas rocks. His uh, one of another one of the guys on our show is actually the drummer for Jason Aldean. I believe he was at that concert. I think oh, wow. that's a story. And you know, it's yeah, yeah. Again, you know, it's just good vibes that way to to Vegas. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you guys can drop me a voicemail if you want five one zero six hundred three four seven five. If you call me during peak hours, I'll answer and say hello. No, it's not my personal number. <laughs> that would be too crazy. <laughs> Email me horriblyawkwardpodcast at gmail Oh, we hit the end. Anything? Did you learn anything today, Kiff? I learned nothing. Yeah, great. <laughs> Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks, brother. Have a good one. As Gidget would say. Peace out, Brussels sprouts. Hey, it's the S to the M and the L to the Issa. Slammer games in the house, so drop your listen. Poor with glee, backward cock flies. Merrily sock, bird telling cat. Destiny doctor downcast. Callously squandered lamb. Have a 
Hardly Slaughtered Broadcast. It's the Hardly Awkward Podcast. Kiff! Vanden Heuvel, right? Vanden Heuvel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Van- I'm surprised I'm how well. Stupid. Surprised that rolls off my tongue well. When I'm looking it's, at it, I'm it, like, mm. I know most people like look at it like it's a like they like it's a jump that they got to take their BMX bike over. <laughs> it's just it's just phonetic. You just sound them out. They're all like Van Den Heuvel, you know, whatever. It's all yeah. Good. Oh yeah, that's a horribly awkward show. Your face is coming straight to your ears A podcast network that's changing gears Bringing fresh funky pods with a fresh funky beat A family of pods that are bringing the heat There ain't no stopping us Keep coming back to us Sick ass pods that'll make you hush www.hushyourface www.hushyourface www.hushyourface.com